Hello and welcome to Tommy Talks, the podcast bringing you inside St. Thomas Athletics, where we'll get to know those who wear the purple and gray. This week we are joined by Amy Olson Cooper, Senior Associate Athletic Director and Senior Women's Administrator. She shares her experience playing soccer at an HBCU, what drew her there, the growth of women's sports, and recognizing black history. All that and more on this edition of Tommy Talks. Uh, first of all, let's talk about growing up in Minneapolis. Okay, so you're a four-sport athlete at Washburn, track, basketball, soccer, and swimming. It seems like sports was really important for you growing up. What was the importance of sports for you? Sure. Um, for me, since I was young, sports were kind of an outlet. And uh, I guess I was successful early on, so it was somewhere that I could – I could go be around friends and uh, gain a lot of confidence in leadership skills, I think, um, always have, having been a leader on my teams in, in athletics. So as long as I can remember, I think I was five when I started organized sports. But otherwise, I was always out. I have three brothers, um, two older brothers, <laughs> um, who were pretty active outside in the neighborhood, <laughs> whatever we were doing, whatever sports we were playing out there. So I was always around. I was involved. Um, even grew up sometimes playing up on some of their soccer teams when they were short, um, short athletes. Um, but yeah, I, I just say for me, it's always been just an outlet in a way that I'm able to clear my head and forget about everything else going on in the world. Um, just get out there and, and do what I do. Yeah, just have that moment of zen where yeah, nothing else is going on. And I think that's, and it's become, even when I was younger, I lived by Lake Harriet and mm -hmm. Something I would um, often do was run with my father around the lake, and it became um, as I got older, and I no longer wanted to run and talk to him as I was running. <laughs> it became an outlet for me um, to just think about life and think about what was going on. And um, you know, I know every single stop at that lake and where I should be at what time, uh, <laughs> running around it. So it's it's just been for me, um, uh, I guess, a safe haven. Where do you find that outlet now? Sure. Yeah. And that's actually really difficult. I've got, yeah. <laughs> because of the years playing sports, my knees now, I've had six knee surgeries, so I'm no longer able to run. So it has been difficult to be able to find that outlet. And I think a big part of why I now work in college athletics is because that's an outlet. Watching uh, student athletes participate out there and, and do what I used to do and what I used to love and see the smiles on their faces, no matter what the result of the game. And to see those relationships that they make, that's a bit of an outlet for me. And, and to, to be honest, another odd outlet that is nothing like athletics, watching movies. I love to watch TV and movies, and that's a way I kind of zone out a little bit now. Um, but I, I would more so say watching um, and, and watching my nieces and nephews participate, too. It just kind of takes me back. Yeah, for sure. All right, so you decided to play college in, or play soccer in college. Yep. Was that always your best sport? It was my love, always, from the beginning. I liked to run. And soccer was, I felt like, a way to, where you get a lot of, a lot of running. Yes. But you're also, there's a goal and there's a point at the end. And it's a team sport versus um, running track. Um, I, I loved it. But that individual pressure you get is a little bit different than, I think, the team 
unity and, and bonding that you get playing soccer. And so, yeah, I started at five. That was always my first love. Um, actually, the funny story, when I was in junior high, I, all my friends that I played soccer with in the summer were playing on the high school team, but I was still 70 pounds, so my mom wouldn't let me. So that's, um, I'd swam competitively growing up, and that's where I swam on the high school swim team was seventh and eighth grade. And then as soon as ninth grade hit, it, it was a tough decision, but soccer was my love. So I ended up uh, quitting swimming and joining the soccer team. Yeah. High school. And then it all, uh, then you end up at Howard. And yeah. what made you decide to go to Howard and attend an HBCU? Right. It was that part of the decision or was it more just about where you wanted to go play soccer? So it's it's interesting i had never considered going to an hbcu growing up i honestly didn't know a lot about hbcus but mm -hmm. i had two friends who were a couple years older than me in high school um, that I grew up playing soccer with uh, in the same soccer club. One of them played soccer at Howard University and was on the soccer team. So it was the beginning of my senior year, and I'd been looking at a bunch of different colleges. Had Howard was nowhere on my radar. And he invited me to come out and visit uh, with um, his girlfriend. <laughs> and so I, I thought, hey, you know, it, this is good. It might be nice to go see a school in D.C. and just see what they're talking about. I still didn't think much of going to Howard University itself. When I got there, I, uh, I met with the coach. I met with the team. And they were, at that time, the only HBCU women's soccer team in the nation. And so hearing their story, their plight, seeing how bonded they were there, hearing the experience of my friend playing on the men's soccer team, who was also the only HBCU men's soccer team in the nation, um, it drew me to Howard. And then more so, when I found out more about the university, I found out that it's known nationally um, for academics as well, and just the culture and the uh, unity that you feel when you step on that campus it hit me immediately i remember coming home from that trip that weekend and going to my parents and saying i'm going to howard <laughs> and, <laughs> and they were like hold on hold on we haven't heard anything about this but i was sad after that visit and um just talking to the coach talking to the team and thinking about that i could make history and i could be one you know of the few that play on an all-black soccer team and, and growing up you know, playing a sport like soccer, you're always one of few on your team. Right. And so it's it's kind of hard to to necessarily find someone that relates, but I don't know if I can fully put into words the feeling of playing something, playing a sport that you love with people who look like you, who've had the same experiences as you in that sport the entire time you're growing up. And it's just um, an unbreakable bond, I think. Yeah. Still very close to a lot of my teammates. So tell us a little bit more about your experience of attending Howard and what you took from that. Sure. Um, you know, when I got to Howard, I will admit, my team was not the best. And it was it was a little difficult my freshman year, um, I guess, to to be in a situation and be in a place where I wasn't necessarily, we weren't winning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess looking, we took a lot of pride in our team. And that year, you know, we, my teammates and I, 
we made an agreement that we would work to to make this team better and, and push this team forward. And so we told our coach, if you bring the recruits to campus, we'll make sure we can get them here and we'll get them at Howard. And um, we we experienced a lot of things, a lot of racism traveling as a team. Really? Together, yes. Um, I don't think people were used to seeing an entire team of black women playing soccer. Yeah. So we went through some scenarios, um, you know, where, you know, we were called names. I, I remember specifically playing a Big South team in uh, South Carolina and um, being told by an, a member of the opposing team that, you know, she'd rather be slow and white than fast and black any day to my face. Wow. And wow. yeah, and and those were the type of things that we experienced on a regular basis, but it brought us closer together as a team because you know, we knew that it was just ignorance and and again, people weren't used to seeing a team of black women playing soccer and we um were making history and that's what we cared about. But we definitely had um had a lot of unfortunate experiences, I will say. And and even so, recently I read, um, I saw on social media that our Howard Women's Lacrosse team experienced something very similar recently uh, with another Big South institution. Um, and, you know, when I read that, I could relate to that. And that, again, that's a reason why I got into coaching um, at HBCUs. I coached at Prairie View. I coached at South Carolina State was because I felt like I'd been through that. I, I knew what it felt like to be in that position as a student athlete and that I could possibly help mentor some of our student athletes through some of the discrimination they might experience while on the road and while playing. Does it surprise you that there's still – student athletes are still experiencing that now unfortunately it doesn't and especially because of everything that's been going on in the united states in the past you know what three four five years um it doesn't surprise me but it still hurts with with your decision to get into coaching you talked a little bit about what you wanted to be able to support other student athletes that had experienced that was there anything else that took you made you decide hey you know what I want to do this as long as I can I want to get into coaching and, and maybe make this run in athletics last a little longer sure uh well when I was at Howard I was actually a business major I'd um taken Japanese for a long time I guess since junior high and everybody just kind of pushed me into business and said oh if you take Japanese you should go into international business that's yeah. where you want to be I realized my junior year that business wasn't necessarily the place for me right and that I had to be involved in athletics and sports somehow at that time I did decide that I wanted to finish out my degree and go back for uh I, at the time, I thought I wanted to be a gym teacher, right? And so I was going to go back, get a kinesiology degree, be a um, be a gym teacher. Uh, I spent one year after graduation at the University of Minnesota taking some prerequisites to get into their kinesiology, cor kinesiology course. And I saw a press release that the Southwestern Athletic Conference was starting soccer. And um, 
when I saw that, it was just like something just lit inside of me. And I said, this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to be a part of that. And I'm going to be a part of that. And I remember uh, I sent my resume and cover letter to every single athletic director in the SWAC. And I asked if they needed any help with their soccer team in the upcoming fall. And I heard back from Prairie View right away. And that's how I ended up there. And to me, um, it was a purpose and it was um, something moving forward, even though, you know, the idea of being a gym teacher and still working with youth and mentoring youth was exciting. I'd I'd coached youth teams in soccer since I since I was a uh, in college. I would come back in the summer and coach in St. Paul, Minneapolis, and I loved it. I loved coaching. I loved being out there in that element. And so again, when I saw that press release, and I thought, well there's only a handful of people who've had this experience and I've got to be valuable to these programs because no one else knows what it's like to, you know, play, you know, on an HBCU team when you're one of few in the country. And, um, and it was when I got to Prairie View and I started working, we, it was the very first year of the program, very green, but just, um, the feeling of doing something bigger, I think. And, uh, I loved it. And so that's that I never looked back after that. You said that when uh, when you got to Howard, your entire team was bought in Mm -hmm. and wanted to bring in the recruits and let's go. Let's get this thing going. Did that experience help you then at Prairie View A&M in that because you were essentially building something there, too? Yeah, no, it did. And I was able to to talk to some of the student athletes and say, hey, look, you're going to build this program. You're making history right now at Prairie View A&M. You're making history for the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and you're a part of that. And sure, it's going to be tough this year, right? This is the first year of our program, but we're going to build. And, and it happened for us at Howard. We started out, um, we were losing almost every game. By the time I left, you know, we had a winning record, right? And we'd been competitive in, uh, we were in the Big South for two years when I was at Howard University. And we were competitive there and then the program was growing you could see Howard's program just growing and so I told them I said look this is this is going to be you this is going to be your program and even if you take a look now and you see where the SWAC is where the Southwestern Athletic Conference is with their soccer teams and their soccer programs they're all competitive and they're all good and it, it, it took some time to get there but those student athletes who were on that very first team they're always going to be a part of that history. Yes yeah, so you bring that also that knowledge here to St. Thomas in terms of building something. And exactly. Obviously, there's an established rate of success here at St. Thomas, but it is something moving from D3 to D1. How similar is that from starting a program from scratch almost? Mm-hmm. It's very similar, right? Because, you know, we have a plan. We have a five-year plan. It's going to be a process to get to where we want to get. And those student athletes who are on these teams now, they're making history and they're a part of that process. They're going to be able to look back in 10 years. They're going to see once St. Thomas is competitive nationally, competing for national titles like they were in the MIAC, like, you know, like they were a few years ago. And they're going to see that they laid the groundwork down for that. And, and without the student athletes that we have now that are building these programs, they may not be winning every game, but they're fighting, they're working hard, and they're um, great representatives of St. Thomas. And, and they understand that this is a process and we'll get there and they're a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. You, you've coached in a lot of different places. 
uh, coached at Prairie View A&M, South Carolina State, Southwest Minnesota State, and then also a little bit of Trinity, Washington, which is in D.C. Those are a lot of different locations, a lot of different cultures. Texas is different from Washington, D.C., is different from Minnesota, is different from South Carolina, and a lot of different levels as well. How, what did you learn from from being at all of those different cultures and places and levels? Sure, I think I think well, I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned that everywhere is different, everybody is different, but ultimately, the groundwork is still the same. We still want to have that family culture that Mm -hmm. unity that bonding no matter where you are whether you're at an hbcu or whether you're at southwest minnesota state you know you're creating that relationship and that bond with like student athletes at your institution and and moving forward from there um but for me i I think the difference i was at division one two and three um travel and the time that you're spending on that particular sport is one of the main differences, if you ask me, between the three levels, right? But ultimately, you're all working for the same thing and for the same success, no matter if you're in Texas, whether you're in South Carolina, whether you're in Minnesota, whether you're in Washington, D.C., it's it's all the same. You're just sometimes um, dealing with a different group of people people depending on who is at that institution at that time but the groundwork is always the same and and I think you know if you stay true to who you are and that what you're doing is for student athletes and to make this a great experience for every single student athlete and you bring that to each institution you go to then I think it creates a sense of similarity with with everything no matter where yeah, it seems to me like sports is really a great unifier. It is, no matter where you go. But I, I will definitely say that there are a lot of differences <laughs> depending <laughs> on where in the United States you are located. Yes. that That's that's very true. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I grew up in Colorado, uh, went to school briefly in Georgia. I yep. mean, in, in living in Minnesota. Yeah. Those are three very different places. Right. But it's fun learning about yeah. different people, different cultures, and... Um, each university has its own culture no matter where it's located. So, you know, no matter where you go, whether you're going from, like me, Trinity Washington University in D.C. to Howard University in Washington, D.C., completely different cultures for each institution. Yet, again, the groundwork is still the same and we're still working towards the same goal. Right. So tell us a little bit about getting from going from coaching to administration because I've known plenty of coaches who would say, Never in my life would I ever do administration. (laughs) And there's reasons they have for that, but I'm not going to judge it one way or the other. What made you decide to go from coaching to admin? Yeah, if you asked me when I was 24 and starting out, I said the same thing. I said I will never be in administration. I'm always going to be a coach. On the ground, right? (laughs) Right, right. Um, For me, I think a big reason, and I mentioned a little earlier that I've had six knee surgeries, um, it was getting – more difficult for me to get out there and actually participate with my student athletes feel like I was um, I guess able to get out there and demonstrate and work and uh, it it just it it became I guess difficult for my body physically to to continue the travel the um, the expectation of um, 
you know, for travel, when you're recruiting, when you're playing your games, there's just, there's so much, um, uh, I guess, time involved, a different sense of time. And, right. and I guess kind of overall fatigue in my body as I got older. And then when I had the opportunity at Trinity to work in administration, I had my hands in a lot of different pots because we were a small university and we were short staffed. So um, I think I realized as soon as I started working in administration that that was my niche. That was actually what I was really good at because <laughs> I'd, um, you know, as a coach, I would always tell people, people thought as a coach, they think you just get out there and you're just practicing and playing games, but you're not. 80% of what you're doing is administratively, is administrative. And, and especially if you come from an institution that doesn't necessarily have um, a lot of financial resources, you are planning your uh, travel, your, um, your planning your budget for the year, equipment and, and all that. So I, I already was doing a lot of administrative work. And once I got to Trinity and I started um, working behind the scenes in equipment and sports information and game management, I just realized that there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. And, you know, you can still have a huge impact on student athletes lives as an administrator. And, it, you know, it may not seem so hands on and you're not interacting as often with student athletes, but the groundwork that we're laying as administrators um, is setting the student athletes up for success. And that's something that um, I really like to be a part of. And I realized, I think I realized that, you know, I was a better administrator than I was coach, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I moved forward into administration. Yeah. Now you get to affect more lives, right? Instead of just exactly. soccer, you're yeah. you're the sport admin for women's basketball, volleyball, baseball, and women's tennis. So now right. you've broadened your scope even further. Exactly. And that's and, and it's part of, um, I think as a coach, you get so focused on your sport and your program that you forget about the big picture. And as an administrator, you're able to see the big picture and you're able to see what you're doing for every single team. And, and regardless if it's one of the teams that I'm a sport administrator for right when I'm working to make sure that um, we've got the funding that we need as a CFO to, to move forward as a department I'm helping out each team right and right. I'm making sure that they're able to get out there and they're able to compete so I've I feel that I now have an, a bigger impact on, on I'm I guess more impact on more yeah. more student athletes than just my own program so you came here from Howard, right, where you were basically in the same role. And mm -hmm. I should say your role here is as Senior Associate AD, Administration, Senior Women Administrator, Chief of Staff for Business and Finance and Compliance. Yes. So you still have your fingers in a lot of... I do. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Seems like you kind of liked it, like it that way. No, I do. I do. Yeah. It keeps you busy. It keeps you on your toes. Um, and, um, you know, again, I feel like... I get to feel like I'm helping and I'm making an impact in a lot of different areas. So I, I do enjoy it. So what did you want to bring from to St. Thomas from your experience at Howard? Sure. I think I bring a different viewpoint because I'm not only bringing a viewpoint of someone who's been a student athlete, been a coach, been an administrator. Um, I'm bringing a viewpoint of someone who's worked at every single division, every single level. And I've worked around the nation with um, a variety of different student athletes in different cultures. And I think that I'm bringing that into every room that I'm in here at St. Thomas. And, and the way that I think is going to be different than the person next to me who's worked at different universities and had different experiences. So I think that I'm just kind of able to bring um, – 
a, a variety of viewpoints within just me <laughs> right. to the scenario at St. Thomas. Um, so attending an HBCU and then, of course, uh, February was Black History Month. What does recognizing black history mean to you? I think it's it's very important because we don't always recognize black history on a day-to-day basis in the classroom, um, in the media, you know, with the news. And so I think a month like Black History Month is a time to make sure that we are focusing and we are bringing light to some of the um, the great African-American people who've come before us and, and the things that they've the, the things that we've done and and just kind of bringing light to a culture that may sometimes get looked over. Are there certain people or historical events that resonate with you? I think for me, the people that have come before me and that I've worked with or played for have really resonated in in different ways for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being at a place like Howard University, you've got amazing professors, you've got amazing coaches, amazing staff that are all coming from all different places. And, you know, I I wouldn't say there's one or, or two people that have resonated with me. I just think everybody that came before me has has resonated with me. I mean, and you've got obviously great athletes like Serena Williams, Venus Williams, you know, that you're looking at. Um, But I think, you know, everybody that's come before me has a story. And those are all stories that are important that I want to hear. Yeah. Um, The growth of women's sports. I wanted to ask you about this as well as the senior women's administrator. It seems like it has exploded over the last 20 years and is even catching more momentum over the last five or six. What does that mean to you, especially as a former athlete? I think that's awesome. And I think that that's something that we should celebrate. When I graduated from Howard University, uh, professional women's soccer was just starting up. And it, I didn't get to grow up thinking I want to be a professional women's soccer player because there wasn't professional <laughs> women's soccer. So now we've got... Um, so many great women. Um, we've got professional teams um, in a variety of different sports, and we've got a lot of opportunities for our, our, our the young girls out there who want to play sports to look forward to and to see. And so and I just think there's growth all the time, and yes, especially in the last five years. But now our the young women and the girls, I think, have even more mentors and even more people mm-hmm. to, to look up to and they can see that, hey, maybe I could be a college administrator. I could be a coach. I could be a professional coach. I could be a professional administrator. I can play um, at the professional level. I can, um, you know, there's so many opportunities. And, and I will say growing up, I didn't really think or know about those opportunities. I went into business just because I thought that was what I should do. And I never considered that I could work in college athletics. It kind of didn't seem attainable. But now that um, things have changed, and I think now, you know, young girls can see so many women in positions of power and positions in sports and athletics that they've got something to look forward to, whether it's participating or working in, in athletics. So you mentioned the, the business uh, background for yourself, and you also mentioned that you took Japanese for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Can you teach us some Japanese? 
Uh, Watashi no Namai wa Amy des. <laughs> okay, slower. Uh, Watashi no Namai wa Amy des. So your name is Amy? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so how would we say, what, Watashi? Yes, Watashi no. No, Watashi no. Namai, that's namai. name. Watashi no Namai. Wa. Wa. Amy. Amy. Des. Des. And what's the des? Because your last name is not Des. No, it's <laughs> not. It's um, Desu is something that they put at the end of a sentence. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I should be able to speak more. <laughs> um, it's at the end of any sentence. Des got is a question. Yes. Des is like a period at the end. So okay. it's like a statement. You're saying it's a statement. You would change how you say that, whether it's a question or a statement. If I was saying, you know, what is your name? I would say, Anata no namai wa non des ga. Right. So instead of intonation where like a question, blah, 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 we ask a question like that. It's more just they use words. Yes. Instead of intonation to differentiate. Okay. We learned a little something about Japanese. That's good. Um, what do you, Amy Olson Cooper, like to do for fun? Sure. Um, I love to be outside, uh, outdoor activities. So this winter has been killing me a little bit because <laughs> I'm not ready to be outside in this winter yet. I will next winter. I'll yeah. get back out there. Um, you got to get used to it again. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. Um, but I think I will. When I moved back to Southwest Minnesota State from South Carolina, it took about a year for me to get acclimated. And I was out there cross-country skiing and snowshoeing in no time. Yeah. So I'll get back outside. Um, but no, I love to be outside. I love to walk. I love to hike. I love to um, kayak. I enjoy movies a lot. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoy being my family. Yeah. Um, being back in Minneapolis is great because, like I mentioned before, I've got a lot of nieces and nephews. So I can get out there. I can go to their soccer games. I can go to their swim meets, go to their basketball games. And, um, yeah, I just uh, I love spending time with family. I love being outside, and I love movies. Yeah. So being away from family really shows you how important family is. It does. It does. And I think um, I was recently married uh, this past summer in July. And that's something that's important to both my husband and I. And we decided that we really wanted to make the effort, if possible, to move back near family, whether it was his family, whether it's my family. But, you know, you start to look as you get older, I think, about where is my support system, right? Mm -hmm. And and we all want a support system. So it's great. And to me, it was exciting to live in so many different places. But ultimately, my support system is here. And um, it's nice to be back by my support system. Yeah. <laughs> and they're supporting your movie habit. <laughs> yes, of course. Yes. My, my brother has Plex. And uh, he, we have a shared family account. So I get to watch all the movies he puts on there. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, what are you watching streaming currently? Are you doing any of the TV shows? Or is it mostly movies for you? Um, So... Mostly movies, but I do do a lot of TV shows. Um, I like, um, what have I been watching lately? Um, gosh, I just finished, um, oh, Bridgerton is coming out with the second um, season. I loved that. I uh, Guilty pleasure of mine was Love is Blind. <laughs> <laughs> That's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. I watched that one. I've... Um, Snowfall is another a favorite TV show of mine that's out. Uh, yeah. You know, honestly, I'll, I'll watch almost anything. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? 
My favorite movie, I'd say my favorite series of all time is going to be the Rocky series. Really? For sure. One through four are my favorites. Yeah. How come everybody leaves out five? Five is just not good. Okay. It's just not. <laughs> One through four <laughs> are the best. Um, I did like Creed as well. Yeah. Um, but I will definitely say those are my favorite series. Right okay. There. Anything more modern? Anything more modern. Um. Not that Rocky's old. Spider Man was awesome. The re- the recent Spider Man, I um that yeah. came out, that was really good. That was really good. Uh, so I like Marvel. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, what is your? Where is your favorite place on campus? I would say the student center. It's really pretty. Over it there. is. There's everything over there. Yeah. You've got the bookstore. You've got uh, food for lunch. You've got the loft if I want to go grab uh, chai tea or something of the sort. So yeah. I would definitely say the student center. Yeah, it's really phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite food? Uh, favorite food? Tacos. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> There's nothing better. No, I love tacos. You can put whatever you want in them. It's a. You can have all of the variety. It's handheld. Yep, yep. It's the perfect food. Uh, what's your favorite type of taco? Honestly, I just like regular ground beef tacos and hard mm-hmm. shells. Hard shells. Yes, but second favorite would be shrimp tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, chipotle shrimp. Yeah, I like those a lot. I wish people could see the dreamy look you got in your eyes when you just said that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You were somewhere else for a second. Uh, Amy, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and uh, looking forward to chatting with you more and seeing where uh, this whole administration and athletic department goes. Should be a lot of fun going to the future. Sounds good. Thank you so much.